1: Best ball has gotten electric this week. We had Drafters and DraftKings drop some crazy tournaments, some million-dollar prize pools with ten thousand dollars up to a hundred places paying out on DraftKings. Myself, Eric Bime for we're gonna draft a DraftKings team today in that tournament. So let's do it. All right, we are ready to do this draft, Eric. Have you jumped in any of these DraftKings ones yet?
0: Uh, no, not yet. I've been uh, mostly, my, my general strategy, I, I'll, I'll be scratching that itch on DraftKings for sure, just because uh, I, I do really love these contests. I mean, that Millie maker is uh, chef's kiss. Shout out to DraftKings for that. So I won't be able to hold off, but I've been mostly trying to hold off on really any of these drafts until the schedule comes out because i do think um with the structures of these that the schedule's very important but mm-hmm. i think if you're going to funny that we're uh doing this now earlier today i did a uh our first show our first crossover show with legendary upside pat Corine and myself the old leg up and spike week uh partnership we actually talked quite a bit about this that if you're going to draft now before the schedule this specific tournament is probably the one you want to do it in i think the DraftKings millie where it's a huge final 1400 people which is, you know, a little, a little terrifying, but uh, you can get to the final more easily in this tournament than the other tournaments, uh, uh, you know, compared to say BBM or some other future tournaments we may get. And uh, that big of a final, of course, we still want to, you know, do some smart things with correlations in the playoffs and correlations in week 17 and all of that. But it's a little bit more of like, did you hit the nuts, Mm. you know? And so this will be the tournament that I will uh, dip my toes into a little bit more over the course of what, uh, just a little over a week away from the schedule release. So this I'm I'm, I'm super excited for this tournament.
1: It's been a fun one. I've done two of these drafts already just to kind of see where players were going and what people are doing that's differently. And the one that stood out is kind of a DraftKings staple. It is Derrick Henry going in the middle of the second round in in (laughs) both drafts that I did. And it's just like, well, if DraftKings is going to be having people take Derrick Henry in the second round, I'm going to be hammering a lot of stuff that I like, but I have been unfortunate in my uh, draft spot, which we are again today, we're taking the 10 spot here for this particular draft. And it's just, uh, I like the beginning of drafts right now. We've gone over this, but the beginning part of a draft allows you that early third round pick. And it just feels so vital right now to have that early third round pick as opposed to the second round where I feel like the the top of the second round is very similar to the bottom of the second round. So the edge comes in that top of that third round for me at the moment.
0: Definitely, definitely. Um, I think somewhere in the early third round, each draft is a little bit different, but somewhere in the the very early third round is a pretty ginormous tier break um, yeah. right now. That may change. We'll see what happens over the course of the offseason, but I think... Uh, I'm pretty confident in that when you get past the tier of running backs and you get past say um, maybe DK Metcalf or you know T Higgins somewhere you know there's somewhere in that range Mm -hmm. I think there's a pretty big cliff that falls off and so when you draft late here you kind of have to hope for the room (laughs) to give to let one of those guys in that tier fall back to you otherwise it is a it is a little bit awkward
1: all right so we're on deck we're going to be taking the 10th pick here we're looking at. Austin Eckler, A.J. Brown, Jonathan Taylor, Jalen Hurts, anything standing out to you specifically because we are on DK that you like here?
0: Oh, man. I think it's – I think my Austin Eckler or A.J. Brown, um, I think I would probably prefer A.J. Brown and and see what we can do with running back. Uh, I don't want to get locked out of wide receiver.
1: All right, so we'll take A.J. Brown and we'll see what we can get on this turnaround
0: pick. I just think the, um, this is a good example of of kind of if if all else fails and you're a little bit unsure of what to do, I think you should take one of the the elite wide receivers and then kind of see what the room gives you. I think that there's a lot of running backs. you can make up, you know you can you can make it back up on running back later in these drafts. Uh, but I don't think you can make it back up at wide receiver. Like, no matter how good your running backs are at the top, right? Who doesn't like Austin Eckler? Assuming he's back with the Chargers, I just don't think you can make up the ground at wide receiver if you if you if you, you miss these elite guys, and then you're going to get to the middle rounds where like it's pretty gross, actually, um, at all positions, but definitely at wide receiver.
1: All right. So to your point, we do see Saquon Barkley still on board, Ceedee Lamb still there. We are on deck. So, if we wanted one of those two guys, we could go there. All of the quarterbacks are still there. We still say Amandra St. Brown, Derrick Henry's there if you want to go with (laughs) Derrick Henry on DraftKings. But we see Pollard as well. And I'm wondering if getting a guy like Pollard in this spot, like how many AJ Brown, Tony Pollard combos are there going to be
0: right now? Right. So,
1: I wonder if that's a spot we could go to make kind of shake things up a bit. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm definitely on board with that. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think this is this is the example of what you were talking about with um that late draft spot where once you excuse me, once you get past a a certain point in the first round, I mean, I love AJ Brown and everything, but honestly, you get into the late first, all the way down through the late second, early third, those guys all feel the same to me. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just, you know, there has to be ADP and so certain guys like I like CD Lamb, but CD Lamb is really not any better of a fantasy asset than Tony Pollard is to me. Um, and so, I, like, give me the guy that's never going to be paired up with with that player um, unless Tony Pollard really rises up boards, which I guess technically I could see, but I could also see him falling um, if they were to bring Zeke back. And I, I think Pollard is much closer to a first-round player than – like, I would have Pollard uh, – like, I have Pollard 15th overall right now and we took him somewhere around there right 14th or, or something like that yeah, and like uh 14th and and yet you know you're never even though i think it makes sense to rank him there no one's ever taking him there so um i i actually really like that strategy even though i might have a a cd lamb ranked a little bit higher but that's partially because of adp and positional and, and positional as well
1: Yeah, and we talk about combos all the time and people being scared to reach a little. How many A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb combos are already starting these drafts off? Probably quite a bit. How many people are going A.J. Brown, Tony Pollard? People get scared to scroll, especially if it's that same position, right? So if it is Saquon Barkley right there, people are always, when I say always, I mean like a 90% chance that they're going to go with saquon barkley over pollard in that spot because it's what they're supposed to do that is what the screen is telling them to do and you just get trapped in that and um i think it's just better to be able to have the mindset to scroll down
0: i'm just pulling this up while we are uh talking about this if you use our handy dandy ownership projections over here on spike week if you go we do have DraftKings up And so you can see every single day it'll tell you right ADP moves and and things. So it'll update um, every single day uh, the draft rate for combinations of players. And so when I just search by Tony Pollard, and then I go look, you know, for AJ Brown, see four percent of the time
1: four percent
0: four percent are Tony Pollard teams with, with AJ Brown, and like you scroll up to your exact point, like, look, I love Tyree Kill, but Tyree Kill. Versus AJ Brown in say week seventeen is is basically a coin flip, but every because their ADPs align right. Cooper Cup, Bijan Robinson, Tyree Kill, right? All these guys are are being paired with Tony Pollard, and no one's pairing AJ Brown. So um, I didn't know this right when we made that pick, but it made logical sense, and so it's nice to see it play out in uh, in our data. Oops.
1: And I think it's part of like drafting early because people are like, why would you draft early? You don't have the information advantage. Well. You have the advantage of people just of, of getting your drafts in and starting to get more comfortable with scrolling because you don't want to screw up in the beginning. You're just getting so used to like, so you don't, you're just taking one of those top three names usually. So giving yourself and you don't have to do it with every pick, but just being able to look at the draft board and be like, well, these players are pretty comparable. AJ Brown, Tyree kill. There's not a huge difference in that. And one of them is with Tony Pollard 20% of the time. The other one's with them 4% of the time let's uh, do this a few times and just get like a gigantic edge on a gigantic field.
0: Absolutely. It's the same thing to me as uh, like the week 17 and playoff stuff. I know it gets a lot of hype and it's a funny bit and, and all of that, but really all that is, is kind of a tiebreaker, right? Mm-hmm. If you have a player who projects um, or is ranked just so, so much more highly than another one, right? Like if I'm, I'm totally making this up, but if, if, we took Tyreek with the first pick and like AJ Brown falls to the second pick a, they're probably going to be a unique pairing by ADP, but they're also in, that's in a different tier than Tony Pollard is. So you just take the guy that's a better pick, but when they're all the same, when they're all in the same tier, that's when you start to look at this, like, okay, is this a different combination than most people are taking? Um, at least that's how I'm thinking. See, this is where this, this is the, this is the spot. I hate. I know we, I was
1: hoping DK Metcalf was going to fall to us here. What he do you think about not, Gibbs? I mean, I'm fine with taking Gibbs. I'm worried that he's already moving up to rounds that we don't want to take him.
0: DraftKings, though, I like him on DraftKings better. I'm 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 okay buying him on DraftKings here, um, and then kind of getting our little double anchor, but still with an elite wide receiver. Like it's kind of a uh, an interesting anchor wide receiver build. But I, I think this is the spot in the drafts that we talked about before where honestly, if you wanted to scroll down, I think that that's fine. Okay. Um, I do have Gibbs, I think is the highest guy E that was left here. yeah, I do based on the rankings. and so it's just I'm just gonna kind of dip my toes in the Jameer Gibbs waters for right now and and live with the fact that I'm taking him because I just don't don't like anybody else. but it, PPR is the big thing really.
1: where Where does he just start to get too high for you to take him? And we can talk about this after our next pick. But this is actually something I was thinking about earlier. So we're on deck right now. We see Joe Burrow, Najee Harris, Calvin Ridley, Kenneth Walker, TJ Hawkinson as like kind of the top guys here. And doesn't mean we have to take one of those.
0: How far down the list is? So some of the guys that are up next on my rankings would be Amari, DJ Moore, Debo, is Debo gone? Yeah. Amari, DJ Moore. Andrews, Hawk, also, uh, I'm trying. I think that was about. those. all. It's Ken Walker is also up there. I don't really know that I want to do him. I think I'm, I, th- I think I prefer Amari here to set, Amari. help set set us up for Cleveland if we want it. And and it goes kind of the first round thing. I'm not saying Amari is like some mega smash, but I have him ranked the highest here out of every player that's left. He is a wide receiver, so we're just making sure we're not going to lock ourselves out of wide receiver. And he sets us up for for a stack later on.
1: So Amari's the guy that I think I'm going to fall into a trap if their ADP stay close, where I'm grabbing Calvin Ridley a lot. And I should probably be grabbing more Amari than I am. So I like grabbing him here. And to your point, setting up that Cleveland stack. The other thing is, um, I do. You brought up Hawkinson i just feel like hawkinson is going to smash this year just based off the usage they had with him last year i know everyone's getting excited i mean everyone loves justin jefferson rightfully so but i'd rather have tj hawkinson over like mark andrews this year based on value of where they're going in the draft i'm not i can't take mark andrews where he's going right now personally with everyone else that's around him so hawkinson is a guy that i I haven't taken much of yet, but I am going to try to find ways to make sure I have enough of him, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, he's he's a guy I definitely – I don't love elite tight end uh, this year a ton. You, uh, we talked about in a previous video mm. about some concerns we have with Travis Kelsey. Uh, not, not Travis Kelsey himself in a vacuum, but to drafting Cap- Travis Kelsey in the first round, some concerns that we have. Uh, Mark Andrews, I was really hoping for a little bit more of a discount then uh, we ended up getting he's much closer to his last year's price, which I certainly understand. But I was just, you know, it's just one of those. You're like, yeah, yeah he, man, he was really bad for the <laughs> final two thirds of the year. You would hope that people would uh, do really that. Bad. But yeah, but with the Ravens, you know, new offensive coordinator, theoretically more passing they beefed up obviously Lamar's back and then they beefed up the the receiving core i'm pretty excited for the ravens like passing stacks and but i was just hoping i wouldn't have to pay the premium for for andrews I, i'm okay with andrews uh maybe a little more than you are but i have andrews and hawkinson literally right next to each other not just as tight ends at, at ranked so flip a coin whichever one you like i think that they're i'm, I'm more interested in dipping my toes into the waters of those two mm. than i am of kelsey because I don't think there's really much opportunity cost at all for Hawkinson and Andrews, but for Kelsey, you're foregoing like maybe Cooper cup, uh, you know, B. John Robinson. Like it's a bit, it's a big deal to have to take Kelsey. Whereas these guys, we didn't even have anybody we really loved right there anyway. Right. All right. So I just kind
1: of want to see where our QBs are going. So if we're kind of starring Deshaun Watson here, He's going around 76, and we're going to be at pick 58. So the question is, we're probably going to push him for these two swing picks and try to get him on the the next two picks that we have. So when I look at this list here, I'm in love with Drake London this year just based off of some of the stuff he did last year. And I think his quarterback doesn't matter quite as much. Um, is there anyone standing out for you in this range?
0: I like, I like London and pits. Um, I'm I, they're growing on me because I think that they, they proved they can be fine in a crappy passing offense last mm-hmm. year. Uh, relatively speaking, I know at this, at these costs, they can be fine. If something were to happen and Tannehill goes there, that's a huge upgrade for them. Or if Ritter just takes a step or the offense is just awesome, right? The offense could be really good. Bijan, Um, and I, I know we don't like Arthur Smith. Uh, I don't like him either, but it it could just take a step. So I'm okay. I'm okay with London. This is another kind of dead zone ish where I do think we should probably draft a wide receiver.
1: Okay. I was going to throw out Michael Pittman there too, because we could set up something with Anthony Richardson, but he goes right before us. So I'd be looking at London here and my hopes would kind of be to get Goddard on the comeback. Unless you wanted to go pits and then try to get a receiver on the, on the comeback. Any...
0: Let's take London. And see what. Let's take London and see what happens.
1: All right. Let's take London.
0: Another thing sets us up. I know people are probably like, why, why do you care about this? Just take the best player. But when you, again, when you're deciding between these guys who all are pretty similar to you, we don't have a quarterback. We know stacking is, is really important. Giving ourselves outs. To those mid to late round quarterbacks with stacks I think is a is a good way to go about it
1: exactly that's kind of why I was looking at that Pittman which would have been nice uh, Dobbins still feels too low not that I think we need to take him on this team where we have Pollard and Jameer, Jameer Gibbs right now I'd probably prefer a wide receiver but I almost wouldn't hate taking Dobbins if that's something we decide if we don't like the any of the receivers we do see Dallas Goddard go
0: so. I'm going to name some wide receivers just because I'm admittedly not completely. Yeah. Let's, let's take a look here. I don't hate the bucks guys actually, but this is pretty gross at, at wide receiver. Yeah. Um, but, but if, if we were to go that route, I would probably take one of the bucks guys. I think I'm okay with uh, Goddard goes, but I'm okay with Pitts and uh, and going the Atlanta stack route. And then, yeah, I don't love the three running backs. Uh right there, but Dobbins is a really big screaming value for me right here. Like, like uh, he's the best player on the board. Unless did he go?
1: Nope. Dobbins is there still. So we could go Godwin, we could go Evans, we could go
0: I, I vote Dobbins or Godwin. I'm I'm open to either one of those two, but I would prefer one of them.
1: Let's see what we can do with a three RB, three wide receiver build. Let's let's get a little different, a little out of our comfort zone. (laughs)
0: I'm definitely already out out of the comfort zone, yes.
1: But I do think we have great backs for Dobbins. Like, having Pollard and Gibbs really helps with having Dobbins based on, like, the player profile, right? Like, Dobbins is going to be a little bit more of a ground-and-pound guy than these other two, obviously. It's definitely more so than Gibbs. Pollard can do everything. So we can kind of, like, it almost feels like we'll be able to ping-pong between Gibbs and Dobbins. And hell, there's even going to be weeks where one of them's probably playing in our flex. So getting a good run on wide receivers, like if we were able to go with Deshaun Watson next as our QB, grabbing a receiver and then just maybe hammering three or four more wide receivers after that, feels like we could set this team up well and just completely punting tight end, which is something I just we've talked about it just seems like i'm going to be doing quite a bit especially if i don't get that goddard tier goddard pitts tier and at that point it's like the hell do i care about this position anymore like it just especially with matter.
0: twenty, especially with 20 rounds games right. yeah
1: yeah it just doesn't matter at that point so i think uh this team's setting up really fun i'm gonna go over it real quick just so that the listeners can hear it so right now we just have tony pollard jameer gibbs and jk domins at running back and we have a j brown amari cooper and Drake London at wide receiver It's a fun starting six i would say
0: one thing that uh you know you mentioned uh uh out of our comfort zone i i definitely feel like you know you're the you haven't had swim lessons yet and mm-hmm. uh, grandpa your old you know grandpa curmudgeon just grabs you and throws you in the pool you know it's like go fi- go go figure it out kid you know you'll learn how to swim that's how I feel about drafting three running backs uh, through six rounds but what I will say is this this is uh a, like hopefully we'll make this into a, a way to still make this into a team. You don't get locked out of wide receiver. We're still going to hopefully get some stacks. And then we use something like the late round tight end to kind of be that that buoy in the pool to where we're we're not getting locked out of wide receiver. Like you said, we're going to just jam a bunch of wide receivers, figure out those stacks. And then we know in the back of our mind, right? Because we're, we're able to draft from the back to the front. We know the late round tight end thing exists. We know this, this nuance about tight end exists. So we can use that to our advantage that look, if I'm drafting 150 teams, which I will draft 150 teams into this tournament, I don't know how many times I'm going to take three running backs in the first six rounds. However, you can still do it effectively. Right there, we weren't going to take a tight end, and we weren't going to take a quarterback. So take the best available player, but now build the team. Like, where people will go wrong is the next n- next time we come up, the best pick might be a running back again. But you, you just you can't do it because now you've just over-invested at that position because there's also going to be later rounds where the best pick is a running back, and that will fit this team better, right? Later on, um, I don't know about as much on DraftKings, but say you and I, our boy B. Kurt, the Spike Week people – we love Damian Harris, right? In mm-hmm. that, like, let's call it 10th round or something. He may be the best pick later. That would be okay. But if we dip our toes here into, say, Rashad White, it's like, now we already got four, four running backs through seven rounds. We, we spent too much. And so it's just that delicate balancing act and making sure you're towing that line, which is what we're hopefully going to try to do here.
1: Yeah, like this is not the team to take Kamara. There are teams to take yep.
0: Kamara. And if we
1: didn't take Dobbins, this would be a great spot to take Alvin Kamara for like a late season hammer for whenever he comes back, whether it's week seven or nine or whatever. But when we have Dobbins, we've already kind of scratched that itch. So we don't need to do it. That gives us, so we do lose out on Deshaun Watson, but that's not the worst case scenario. We're still pretty fine here. Um, There are players we can choose to go with on the board. We're a few picks away.
0: Uh, I I definitely got some guys here. This is, uh, also, where if Acres doesn't go, it makes the Gibbs pick feel worse, feel worse because we took Gibbs just and he goes thankfully. But like Acres, Acres was going to be a value to me, and Dobbins was a value, and we just took the running back when we probably should have taken a wide receiver. Uh, I will say it's definitely Hollywood if we're taking a wide receiver for me, but I'm also open to other guys. He's clearly the highest ranked guy for me.
1: Yeah, I feel like there might be a misprice on him here because i'm not taking him much over on on underdog but it feels like he's way later here or maybe i'm wrong on that but it definitely feels like what are we in round seven right now late seven yeah round late seven for hollywood feels great and if we are looking at quarterbacks right now we'd be looking at tua aaron Rodgers, daniel jones kirk cousins uh, or we can push
0: So I think, I think we want to push just because those guys don't have, um, Daniel Jones would be an option just because he does have stacking partners Mm -hmm. later. I mean, I guess Aaron Rodgers has like, and he goes anyway, Alan Lazard, but I I don't think we want to do that. I think we probably just go right back to wide receiver. Uh, I think a lot of these guys are good. Deontay. Uh, would give us, I think Deontay is uh, maybe we maybe we've a little jumped the shark a little bit on pushing. De- and I don't I don't like Deontay Johnson to be clear in fantasy really, but he's better on DraftKings, way better uh, on DraftKings. And, and last year this dude was like a fourth round pick, and and uh, he just didn't score touchdowns, uh, which maybe he never will. I don't know, but the volume is there, and on DraftKings that's much better. So he's he's the top guy for me.
1: All right, let's go with Deontay Johnson. It allows us to set up a backdoor stack too for. If we end up having to just completely push quarterback, I, I don't. I will probably not take Deontay Johnson on underdog at all. But for me, if he's going this late on DraftKings, I'm probably going to be a little overexposed to him, just based on his skill set and what he does. Yeah, did he score a touchdown last year? No, but how many games did he catch? Like it felt like twenty footballs, and it just. <laughs> You know, so, like, it, it doesn't matter if he's not scoring touchdowns when he's getting a full point for every catch that he makes. Oh, and also there's bonuses on DraftKings, which people forget about. So if he's catching 10 balls for 100 yards, you know, that is 20, what, two, 23 points right there for the bonus. It just seems like a no-brainer when he's going in the
0: eighth round, ninth round. So it was definitely a deck. It's very much a down year for him, but still eight games with double digit targets for for Deontay. Again, like you said, zero zero touchdowns, which is pretty crazy, actually, to say he yeah. pulled the Jacob he pulled the Jacoby Myers uh season out on 147 targets, which is really, I mean, really impressive. But definitely just a down year for Deontay, but I don't think it had anything really I mean, there's a little bit of him. He does kind of do some weird, you know, has some weird drops and and stuff like that. But in terms of earning volume, he's still young. He's 26. And I think there's a reason to believe I'm not projecting this, but they if you remember, they started Mitch Trubisky at the beginning of the year last year. Uh, disaster shocker. That didn't work out very well. And, and Kenny Pickett is not some, you know, I don't think Kenny Pickett's going to be, you know, entering the Hall of Fame at any point later in his career or after his career is over. But this is a first-round pick quarterback in his second year, played okay as a rookie. He wasn't a, he wasn't great. He wasn't a disaster. And so with another year, the Steelers get a little bit better on offense. Who's to say that Pickett doesn't take a leap? And really, that's all that Deontay needs is, is some better quarterback play because he's been suffering through the corpse of Big Ben. Uh, mm-hmm. Retirement home, Big Ben, and then Mitch Trubisky and a rookie. So like, if Pickett, this is a stack that I really like as like a you know, value stack because the gains are outsized on both these guys, right? We know Deontay can earn a bunch of volume. He just needs to play a little bit better, but the quarterback play to get better. And Pickett is a guy that's the perfect archetype for a quarterback to get better. So like, if one of these things happen, or maybe Deontay just helps elevate Pickett, right? It's just so easy to see how they both kind of outperform their prices together.
1: Hmm. so we're looking at the board now we're a few picks away kamara is still on board here uh we see javante williams who god it hurts my soul that i don't want to take javante williams this year we see dalton schultz zay flowers jared goff is interesting for us where we have jameer gibbs that could yep. be an interesting stack for us as well and there are some lions stacking partners we can get at the end um particularly like at tight end if we want to tight
0: end. can you also look at wide receiver? Where is Jamison? Where's Jamison Williams going? So he is
1: going in this okay. range. He's the 111. We're going to be picking at 106. So he is right there in this window. So we could take Jamison Williams. This is the type of team to take him on, I would say.
0: Uh, yes.
1: So I would say that we could grab Jared Goff and double oh. tap Detroit Lions.
0: Oh. Yeah. So who. Do, who who makes it bet? Can we look at the the two guy the two teams after us, uh, just to see if, if which which one we think will fall back to us easy more easily? Sure.
1: So that would be um, put S put uh,
0: put Goff in the queue really quick just because we're on the clock and make sure that we don't. Uh,
1: okay. S. So S Cunning would be he has Barrow okay. already,
0: and then who's the other one?
1: And then the other guy has Lamar we and take Anthony Richardson. You
0: should take JMO. You should take JMO. Yeah. So
1: we'll draft Jameson Williams and hope that golf gets back to us. The only thing I worry about is S cunning. Just, I didn't see if he had
0: any no, no backing partners, no lions. So we should be able
1: to get them theoretically.
0: Theoretically. That's uh that's always the, the logic uh, gets thrown out the window pretty quick, especially on DraftKings. But the, the, another reason. So if neither of those guys had quarterbacks, I think we should have taken golf, but if they, In this case, right, even if they take Goff, it's not the end of the world. The the stack, the stack without the immobile quarterback is totally fine. Like we're taking Jared Goff just because it makes sense on this team. But like, perfect. Look at that works out. Jared Goff is not like, and I, I like Goff fine. I have him ranked pretty close to his ADP or maybe even a smidge above. But like, he's not like some guy you know anthony richardson where you're like oh my god if i can't stack the colts without anthony richardson jared goff is actually just he's the point guard right he, he's he's john stockton out there just setting up these other guys and he happens to score fantasy points because those guys are so good he's not the archetype where you're like oh my god this draft is over because i didn't get jared goff
1: just looking at some of these quarterbacks back here when we see dk metcalf and lockett and jsn going relatively high you know those that four, fifth, sixth round range, you know, fourth to eighth round before the three of them, and then you get you get Geno Smith way back here. Are the Seahawks? See, wow, what is that word? Are the Seahawks a little <laughs> undervalued on uh, in these drafts just based on the stack, the stack equity with getting Geno Smith that late?
0: I think so. I think uh, once they took, I th- you could argue the Seahawks were a little undervalued anyway um just because i I think people people didn't buy obviously i didn't either buy into the seahawks last offseason right and so i definitely didn't that yeah i wasn't drafting him either that anchoring is a real thing even on into the next offseason especially gino was amazing for like half a season and then for you know half or a, a third of a season was not as good down the stretch and so i think people are not as willing to just accept that the Seahawks might be a good offense. And I'm not saying that that's right or wrong, but what it does create is a very high upside stack. I mean, we're talking about Gino was a very good fantasy quarterback last year. We know DK Metcalf is good. We know Tyler Lockett is good. And we know JSN is good, or we're pretty, pretty confident that JSN is good. And yet no one, you know, Metcalf goes reasonably high, but like Gino is a value at quarterback. I have him quite a bit above where he's going here. And then JSN and Lockett, I think, are fine values at their cost. But the Seahawks as a whole, I think, for stacks make a ton of a ton of sense. And you can set them up in so many ways. Right. You know, Gino, Gino goes after all three wide receivers. So anytime you take any of them, you always got Gino in your back pocket. And to that point, Noah Fant as a late round tight end with Gino
1: as a stack just makes a ton of sense too, right? Because we're not expecting Noah Fant to go out there and crush every single week, but he's going to give you some, some production here and there and have a couple weeks where he gets touchdowns. So being able to stack Geno relatively cheap with only like the, the cost being a slightly expensive wide receiver, I'm starting to come around on being like, well, I'm probably going to have a lot more Geno Smith than, than I thought I was going to at the beginning of the year.
0: Same especially as I started to put together rankings. uh, Actually, if you're watching this, the rankings update has been posted already by the time you're watching this. And uh, he's a lot higher than I ever ever thought he was going to be coming into the season.
1: There is a quarterback here that we're not going to take that I do want to talk about real quick after we make our two picks. But we're going to be on the clock in a second here. Would we just be looking at wide receiver and running back this round?
0: Yeah, can you look at wide receiver? Sure. We're
1: seeing like Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, Darnell Darnell Mooney, Jalen
0: Hyatt. I mean You know I like you know I like Hyatt. Um I'm trying to look here. Hyatt would be my number one guy here, but I, that's not like anything that crazy. What does tight end look like?
1: Tight end we're looking at Cole Komet. Gross. gross. She, yeah, it's a gross <laughs> tier. Running back is also... I don't mind. I don't. Relative. I don't
0: mind one of the running backs, but I think we should take Hyatt, or if mm-hmm. you prefer a different wide receiver, and then we're pretty flexible on the next one. With
1: the team we have, I like Hyatt a little more uh, because for me, Darnell Mooney's a little bit like Jamison Williams. I know they're minus the suspension, and I just think Jalen Hyatt has the opportunity to be the, you know, the lead target getter on this offense right out of the gate. We worry a little bit about Darren Waller getting that role. I, I'm not super sold that Darren Waller is going to do anything in New York. So I think Hyatt coming out being that end guy for them, he's just going to earn a ton of targets. Who who is he competing with? Really is the point?
0: A bunch of Jags, and I mean Jags is yeah. just the guy. Just the guy. You know, it's a bunch right. of journeyman type guys and Juan Robinson, who I'm not really concerned with. We don't even know that Waller's ever going to be healthy again. You know, the Raiders wouldn't extend him wouldn't give him an extension. So uh, I'm not saying Hyatt is, I'm not projecting Hyatt to be like an NFL superstar, but I think his archetype is perfect. He's the air quotes, better in best ball guy, right? He's a big play down the field speed guy. And then he has all the opportunity. If if he can play, he's a, he's a fantasy smash. And even if he's just like average, right, he's probably going to catch some long touchdowns regardless.
1: What are your thoughts on taking, I'm not going to be doing this too often, but if we take Bryce Young here, we could set up a Mingo stack for the comeback'm okay do you I'm,
0: a, I'm okay with him or Jordan love. I
1: just don't know who we're gonna get with love is the problem.
0: Dobbs or Jaden Reed.
1: all right let's grab love. let's do love
0: and we'll try to grab Watson Watson's obviously gone. You also have the if we're looking at late round tight end uh, I'm not saying I love their rookies all that much, but we do have their. They have two rookie tight ends.
1: Okay, I'm I'm interested in Jordan Love. That so that's the actually the quarterback I wanted to talk about that I brought up a little while ago. Is I know he said he sat on the bench for 15 years behind Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. He never got his chance to play. But do we? Th- I think there's a chance that I'm not going to say that the Packers are going to be a great offense or by any means, but I think there's a chance that they're fine, right? They're like the 20th or 21st ranked offense. You're getting some value out of Jordan love on a week to week basis. Their defense isn't that good. They're in some sort of shootout situations going throughout the year. So I think I'm not going to be looking to go like overweight on the green Bay offense, but feels like they could be just fine, right? Like, in terms of that. And I think I'd rather have him than Bryce young, because I think that Panthers offense is going to be a disaster to be completely honest. It's just going to be really, really bad. So it's not a place I really want to go to often mingo for some one-offs here and there. If you're really pushed at QB, you can grab some stacks because they're cheap enough. But for the most part, I just kind of want to stay away from the Panthers offense as a whole.
0: I totally agree. I'm a little more bullish on the Packers than you, but not because, again, same thing. If I had to write, if you put a gun to my head and said, how do you think this Packers season is going to go on offense, I would say below average. But, um, you know, they're not going to be the worst offense in the world, but they're they're probably not going to be above league average. That's a pretty high bar, actually. But what you do have with the Packers coming together for best ball specifically is this kind of convergence of – a bunch of young, interesting players all together with a, quite a bit of talent actually on offense in terms of young young players with draft capital and then some really good running backs, reasonable enough offensive line, right? So you have Aaron Jones is one of the best receiving backs in the NFL. That's really helpful for a young quarterback. Sure. Uh, I know it sounds silly. They have invested at wide receiver, which uh, Christian Watson in the second round last year, Jaden Reed in the second round this year, Romeo Dobbs in the fourth round last year, And then two tight ends, one in the second round and one in the third round this year. So they're making investments in this offense. Jordan Love is a former first round pick. Say whatever we want about that, right? Mm -hmm. He is. He's not completely lacking talent. I'm not sure he's going to hang it, hang around in the NFL for all that long. But this is a chance for like everybody to kind of simultaneously break out. It's like that Deontay and Pickett thing that it could go horribly, right? Love could suck. These wide receivers could be bad. And they're just a bottom five offense. But it also could they could be better than we think as young players kind of all emerging together. You know what I mean? And the next thing you know, they're like they are an average offense and they were all totally free, like completely free. And we just did that because we don't feel very good about them. But there's a lot of uncertainty on all these guys. And I like to bet on those situations. Yeah, and it's
1: hard to get on the field when the guy in front of you is winning NFL MVPs, right? So you could be the second best quarterback in the NFL, and if the guy in front of you is winning MVP after MVP, they're not going to stop playing him. So there is a chance that Jordan Love is at least good. I'm not saying great. I'm saying there's a chance he's good. We'll see
0: um, for sure this year.
1: All what right, does running are...
0: back? What does running back look like here? Because we're finally into a range where I think running back is okay. see this is I I do still there goes McKinnon. I was just going to say I do still <laughs> like McKinnon, especially on draftkings now that he's back. a um, little bit ahead of ADP, but I do really like Jalen Warren. we um, can look at wide receiver or, or something if you want.
1: Well, I mean, Jalen Warren will throw in there. Uh, we see DJ Chark, Nico Collins, Isaiah Hodgins,
0: not tight end, just real quick.
1: Tight end is like Dolce, Taysom Hill, Michael Mayer, Jawan Johnson. I don't mind grabbing Warren, but let's figure out our plan for the comeback here.
0: Also, look at tight end. And look at can uh, what's Laporta's ADP on? Uh, see, I think I think Laporta makes a lot of sense here to round out a a big old lion stack, and we need tight end, rookie upside, late round tight end.
1: Yeah, we don't love anybody else. It's it's a twelve pick reach, but honestly, when we start to get to this point, it's round 14. Who cares? Like, unless there's something that really stands out. I mean, what's the difference between Laporta and any of these other tight ends or anyone left on board really is what I would say. So
0: I have Laporta ranked around here anyway. And probably the biggest thing is like, well, two things is exactly what you said. This is just a really open, wide, flat tier. Um, So both Warren and Laporta are, I have them ranked higher than their ADP is anyway. And when you don't have anybody else that stands out, you can take them. And Laporta specifically, probably Warren too, but L- Laporta wasn't going to come back, right? So the, the 12 pick reach is one thing. But if he's never going to come back to you, does it really matter? Like, because you weren't like, oh, so he went six picks after you. <laughs> like, just take him if, if he makes sense for your team.
1: Yeah. The only other thing would have been to get our third QB with Kenny Pickett, but I don't think that Oh, my God. A, I totally
0: missed... Yeah, I missed I missed Pickett. That's my fault.
1: Which would have been the only other thing we could do, but like I don't think it's a big deal. I think there's plenty of QBs we can get as we come around. Actually, I'm going to go through our team real quick. Uh, we have Jared Goff, Tony Pollard, Jameer Gibbs, A.J. Brown, Amari Cooper, Drake London, Sam Laporta, J.K. Dobbins, Hollywood Brown, Deontay Johnson, Jameson Williams, Jalen Hyatt, Jordan Love, And Jalen Warren for the team right now. Shaping up to be an interesting team, I would say, at this point. Do not hate it.
0: No. Warren Warren
1: could be like the absolute league winner this year, by the way. Jalen Warren, like there is a chance that he just comes out and crushes relative to his offense, but he could come out and just be the back in
0: Pittsburgh. Recorded with uh, Pat Karain of Legendary Upside and Ship and Chasing and Best Ball Mania Multimillionaire fame. And uh, we talked uh, a decent amount about Jalen Warren earlier today. He he might just be better than Najee. I know that, mm-hmm. that, that may sound blasphemous, but like once you get into the league, the whole draft capital stuff doesn't matter anymore. Everybody's playing. Everybody's competing for the same thing. Uh, Najee may get more chances <laughs> because of his draft capital, but it doesn't change uh, the play on the field. Jalen Warren earned a role last year. He continued to earn more and more and more of a role from Najee, including pass catching. He was, he was earning third down snaps and a pass catching role on the, on the Steelers, which obviously on DraftKings is even more helpful. And he is a – a, when we're drafting this early in May – It's very difficult with later round running backs because you can tell yourself like I love Jerome Ford, right? I can tell myself a very easy story that Jerome Ford is the Nick Chubb handcuff, but also they could just bring Hunt back or Lenny could come there or I I could or I could be wrong. I could just like it could be it could be uh, they got somebody else. uh, They got got some other veterans, right? It could be anybody. I could be wrong. Jalen Warren. It's not wrong. It's a fact. He's the handcuff to Najee Harris, right? And there's a lot of value in that In, in when we're drafting this early in the offseason. So um, there's just so much that goes goes into him. There's a little, you know, little Steelers correlation possibility. Obviously, Pickett didn't fall to us, but there's there was it, it just made too much sense. And I'm really, really high on Jalen Warren.
1: Yeah, it's fair. It's a guy that I'm going to be drafting a bit. And that's, to me, not site-dependent, right? Jalen Warren yep. is a value on every single site right now for a guy that I can't imagine myself drafting Najee Harris. I don't see a situation (laughs) where it makes sense. Like in terms of roster construction, he just, he's never going to be the guy based on where he's going in drafts. He just doesn't fit teams at that point. So Jalen Warren is just too big of a round discrepancy between the two. And just being able to fire Warren for 15, 16% of drafts is going to be real easy. I would say,
0: yep. I'm I'm very mad that Curtis Samuel just went because I was looking at a little uh, backdoor Washington stack action for the third. You know, we're we're kind of late late round quarterback and late round tight end, and a uh, little how Curtis Samuel made some sense, but uh, I don't think we. There's some interesting wide receivers here: Downs, um, Shakir, Tyquan. We We can also just go ahead and take Jaden Reed if if we don't really think that any of these guys are really much better.
1: Well, Taekwond would set up our Mac Jones stack if we let's wanted do, to do that, And then I think it allows you to do some other stuff at tight end where we can say take Mike Gosecki and still push Mac Jones to the next round if we wanted to try to do that.
0: Or we could just take him, yeah.
1: Or we could just take him. Because then we can still take the other tight end.
0: Right? Hunter Henry. Yep. Hunter I, Henry. I I, I... I have Hunter Henry and Mike Kisecki, like right next to each other. I don't really think there's much of a difference. I understand Kosecki feels sexier. Um, but Hunter Henry was really good two years ago. And if if the whole thesis of the Patriots is that they're going to bounce back to what they were two years ago, Hunter Henry is a big part of that. And mm-hmm. uh, he's not being priced like it. So I think I would do Mac here and then uh, Hunter Henry later. See if we can get like Reed Henry on the next Jaden Reed and Hunter Henry on the next turn. Uh, they're okay. looking pretty good.
1: That would be perfect. Are you very sad to see that we are in round sixteen and Trey Lance
0: is still on the board? (laughs) Does it hurt your soul? I told you I was doing. I was, you know, updating the ranks earlier today because obviously DraftKings and drafters have dropped in them, trying to get the rankings for all three sites out there. And every time, every time I looked at where, like, there's an so I, I do like an automated run. And then you you have some manual updates and some ADP adjustments and all that kind of stuff. And uh, Lance barely cracking the top 200 of, of rankings was a very uh, uh, humbling experience to have, (laughs) to have drafted him for two straight years. And then the guy who's the starter is, has a freaking blown out elbow right now. And he's still not making it very high in the rankings is definitely humbling. But I, I will say, He's going to be interesting over the course of this, of of this summer. Well, the whole 49ers quarterback thing is because honestly, even if it's Darnold, but Lance and Purdy, obviously more so Lance with the rushing, but they're too cheap. Whoever Way is too, the quarterback. One of
1: them too cheap for yes. sure.
0: Like the prices are not right on these guys. One of the 3 maybe two of the three uh, are too cheap, but for sh- like one of these three guys, probably one of Purdy or Lance, right? But someone is too cheap and the other two are too expensive. That's it. They cannot be efficiently priced. It's just, we have no idea right now. Yeah. and This is the time to take the shots on him.
1: I'm not even a Trey Lance guy at all, but he's falling to the 17th round and you're looking for a third QB and you have one of these, you know, you have Kittle or, Hell, I guess you don't need anybody for Trey Lance if you really didn't want anybody. And he could be an unstacked quarterback, especially because he's going to, he should be your third or second or third. So I don't hate it. And then to your point, Purdy's still there. Like Purdy literally just went at the top of the 17th round. Somebody is getting extreme values on these quarterbacks. And it's the time to do it if you wanted to do it.
0: Yep, I to- I totally agree. It, there, that's a reason to draft right now. If you if you have conviction, or if you just want to split up the exposure between the two of them, if you're really crazy, if if they're both available in like the 18th, 19th round, I, I don't think it's that crazy to take both Brock Birdie and Trey Lance on DraftKings on underdog. I think it's you're, it, it, there's just you don't have enough roster spots. I don't think it's that crazy to do it on on uh, DraftKings. So see, there goes Lance and. Then, I, I don't think I would do it this early because there's still some pretty good picks, but you know what I mean? Like the whole 49ers thing is just a, and you can, I don't know that I want Purdy unstacked, but Lance, Lance unstacked obviously we're drafting for some of the rushing and he could just be elevated by his, th- the teammates and he could bring down his teammates. Right. He's still scoring fantasy points, but it's like, mm-hmm. you know, not, none of those guys are still paying off their cost. It's one of those weird things. Just it's only because he's so cheap.
1: Uh best ball drafters, we need to have a discussion on why I even see Zach Ertz name in my player <laughs> queue. I
0: don't think he and made well, my top he didn't
1: make my top two fifty. I don't think like what are we doing here? We actually might get Giseki to follow us here, which I think is the easiest smash of all time to grab Giseki if he's still there.
0: Gotta uh, take it if the room gives it to you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was hoping to get him and Fournette. Fournette goes like two picks ago. Fournette would have been a nice RB
0: to grab on this team, Perfect.
1: but Seki's here. I like it. I think it. we grab him.
0: and See, that if, we gives get, us... see if we can get Jaden Reed, and then, then we need, what, uh, running back and another tight end to close yeah, her out?
1: I think that's probably what we would go for. And I think we could get Musgrave on the comeback, most likely here, to round out our double stack for jordan love and just have like all three quarterbacks stacked relatively well and if you're pushing qb this is kind of the way to do it we have firepower like around them and then we have the stacks to go with that firepower of like and when i say firepower aj brown amari cooper drake london tony pollard and then we're just stacking up offenses so if one of those guys is going off and then a stack's doing well we are just scoring like buckets of points so We have three offenses, not the three offenses we wanted that on.
0: Motherfucker, who was that that just took, pardon my French, that just Just, took Jaden Reed? What an (laughs) asshole. Wow. Well,
1: not, wasn't expecting that.
0: uh, Can you click on running back? Yeah, there we go. Um, Let's scroll a little bit and see what we got. Is, uh, oof. Yeah, it's pretty gross. I I I got a name. Is Eric Gray available?
1: Eric Gray um, is available. Uh, we can get we him late. We
0: can take Musgrave. Right? We, we can take. You want to take Musgrave right, and just make sure we get him.
1: Yeah, let's take Musgrave. We'll add Eric Gray to the queue, and then we'll just kind of look at running back again to try to make a. Yep. Plan here. So, for oh my running... god,
0: he, it, you would think this was a live stream. Somebody sniped Eric Gray right after.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know we're doing this offline. We figure. <laughs> Guys that are ranked in the like 500s, we're okay with, and boom, we're we're being ha- somebody hacked into us and is watching this, yes, watching us record this draft. <laughs> All right, so let's look at some running backs here. Oh no, I think he's still there.
0: Oh okay, okay, okay. He must have. I must not have clicked on the name. Yeah. Okay. No. He he disappeared from the queue, so I was like, you got to be shitting <laughs> me. Somebody really <laughs> took <laughs> his ADP's 305, and somebody just took him.
1: So, running back is pretty gross. We're seeing Robinson, Latavius Murray, two guys that I would not even begin to take. Zach Evans, I've been grabbing here and there late in drafts, just as you know, a hope and a prayer type deal. Mm-hmm. I know Deuce Vaughn got drafted, but I do not for a, not for this team when we have Pollard. But Malik Davis is interesting in late so, rounds, great. so I do great. like him.
0: People are crowning Rojo and like, look, I get it. Um, I do think Rojo it has a chance to be the kind of backup in between the tackles guy there. But Malik Davis was actually pretty, when when Zeke was out, Malik Davis was like totally fine. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's, I think the fact that they could bring someone like Rojo in and they had Malik Davis on the roster, I think is part of the reason why they let Zeke go. Everybody's just assuming they're going to bring Zeke back. And I mean, if literally no one signs Zeke and he comes back for the minimum, sure. I, I think that they'll probably do it. But I, I don't think that they really care about bringing uh, Zeke back, and I think Malik Davis is actually part of that part of that reason. Um, he could easily be the the more direct handcuff to Pollard.
1: I think he actually is. I know we all in the fantasy community love Rojo and all that, but we're talking about a guy that couldn't get on the field for a Chiefs offense <laughs> that was ping ponging running backs last year, and he couldn't be part of that rotation. So. If he couldn't be part of that rotation, Malik Davis looked good. I don't know. Eyeball test tells me Malik Davis is probably going to be the guy behind Pollard at the moment and maybe Deuce Vaughn's playing third downs and Rojo's not dressing again would be my guess right now.
0: Yep. No arguments for me. I'm just going to throw some running back names out there. Uh, Evan Hull Colts uh, rookie. Is he really on? H U H U L L. God damn, God. Those DraftKings people have gotten sharper over the last uh, three hundred sixty-five <laughs> days. Uh, and Pierre Strong uh, would work with the Patriots stack that we built here. If I, I this James Robinson stuff, <laughs> like uh, at maybe J Rob will be kind of the backup to Ramondre. But I I would rather bet on the the kind of young exciting guy taking in the ne- the next step. Uh, and I think strong could even earn a role like Ramondre is the man, but I think strong could earn, you know, a small little, like a Jalen Warren esque early season role, you know, 20% of the work or something like that. I'm pretty into him, him and Eric gray. Um, which one would you prefer? Probably strong. I think strong makes sense on this team. All right, let's grab strong. Great. Great. As to what what do we need a tight end? What what's left? I forget what our struck, uh, construction is. So I think we
1: have three tight ends. We have LaPorta, We have Giseki yeah. and we have Musgrave. So, so here would be
0: just, to me, I'm curious if you, like in this pick, I don't really care that much about whether it's running back or wide receiver. I think we just take the guy we, we think kind of has the most upside between running back and wide receiver.
1: Yeah, it kind of feels like a luxury pick uh, that we can take whatever we're feeling here. So we're going to be on the clock, running back, Nothing is jumping out to me other than Chris Evans or Malik Davis, yeah, let's see wide receiver.
0: Oof. Uh, I, th- I I think we just take Eric Gray. I I I think that he's going to be the handcuff to Saquon, and uh, we kind of been searching for that kind of thing. And so if you're again. I'm not saying we needed a running back on this team, but it, with the 20th pick, I don't really think it matters what, what what position you need outside of probably you know quarterback. You don't want to force a quarterback. But between we're just looking for somebody that could spike in the flex. And I think in 20 rounds, when you get to this spot with wide receivers, like, I mean, look at this, it's Isaiah McKenzie and Corey Davis <laughs> and Devin Duvernay, none of these guys are ever going to give you anything. And Eric Gray probably won't either. But I, I think he's probably going to end up, like I said, the handcuff to Saquon. Which, dude, if something happens to Saquon at any point in the season, that's a really, really value. He will be DFS chalk if if something happens to yep. Saquon. And those are the kind of guys I want on my team you know, with dart throws.
1: And it's the perfect time to get him because he is free. Yep. Let's go over our team. We have Jared Goff, Tony Pollard, Jameer Gibbs, A.J. Brown, Amari Cooper, Drake London, Sam Laporta, J.K. Dobbins, Hollywood Brown, Deontay Johnson, Jamison Williams, Jaylet Hyatt, Jordan Love, Jalen Warren, Tyquan Thornton, Mac Jones, Mike Gesicki, Luke Musgrave, Pierre Strong, and Eric Gray to round out the team. And we are double-stacked with all our quarterbacks. With Goff, obviously we have Laporta. We also have Jamison Williams and Jameer Gibbs for a pretty healthy line stack. We have Jordan Love, and we're grabbing Luke Musgrave, Actually, that was probably it with...
0: We were going to have Jaden Reed and yeah. Musgrave, but we got robbed. We got
1: robbed. And then we have the Patriots stack, which is Tyquan Thornton, Mac Jones, Mike Isecki, Pierre Strong. The Patriots stack is interesting because it is the easiest stack to get in football. I don't think they're going to be great by any means, but when you're getting the entire stack so cheap as your third quarterback on a team... It's almost perfect. Hell, even as your second QB, if you do take someone like Mahomes or something like that in the first round, if you really want to push quarterback all the way, it's pretty easy to do so. So I don't hate doing uh, the Patriots stack. I'm not going nuts with it. It won't be like over by any means, but it's just, I think it's the easiest stack to get in football right now.
0: It definitely is. Two, two like themes and two things I'm uh, really excited about this team for actually is one, we didn't, like sometimes people will get over aggressive early in the draft uh, particularly with stacking and we we just took what the board gave to us um you know made sure we never got locked out of wide receiver which also set us up right we got set up for some different stacks like and I know Gibbs was part of it with Jared Goff but we allowed ourselves to keep maintaining flexibility still have a good wide receiver room even though we took three running backs in the first 6 rounds and then we were able to build out some what I would call, you know, undervalued stacked. We'll, we'll see, you know, by November, if they're actually undervalued or not. But I think it's pretty clear that the Patriots, right. If the Patriots just do what they did two years ago, they're way too cheap. And Mm -hmm. if we talked about the Packers already, if the Packers are just a little bit, but right. The market is just has decided similar to, they decided with the Seahawks last year that these offenses stink and we can't draft them. And maybe that's right. Right. Sometimes the market is correct but when you bit when you you maintain flexibility and you just keep drafting really good players through the first 7 8 rounds you can back your way into these really good stacks with like I mean, we didn't get Jaden Reed, right? But like Tyquan Thornton was a second round pick who flashed last year. Jaden Reed, second round pick. Luke Musgrave, second round pick, right? Jared Goff with Jamison Williams and and uh, Sam Laporta and Jameer Gibbs. Like there's a lot of talent on these stacks. It's just the market has decided they don't like those teams. And then another thing I really like is we paired the tight ends with all of the stacks, which is like, if you're getting this cheap stack and the stack exceeds its price, like bringing that tight end along with you, right, is like, it's like a double whammy. If the stack hits and you and the, the tight end's a part of that, that stack outperforming, it's just like total, it's a fantasy goldmine, right? If Sam Laporte is awesome and the Lions are awesome, like wheels up because we didn't spend on tight end and we got three shots on finding that.
1: I actually think a thing that's going to be interesting to track and we can do this with the spike week tools is projected ownership of the cheaper quarterbacks with their tight end, because I think we are, we keep saying that and I wonder how much of the field is going to be doing that. And I don't think it's going to be a lot, but it is something I want to monitor. I do want to see the Sam Laporte with the Jared Goffs and the Luke Musgraves with the Jordan loves. And if that starts to get out of control, because then we might have to pivot off of that. But for right. now, it's an absolute smash for me.
0: And I, my guess is that people do it more, total guess, is that people do it more frequently with like, I got Christian Watson and I got locked out of quarterback. I'm just going to take Jordan Love, which is totally fine. I'm not saying that that's a negative, but just in terms of frequency, I don't think people do the, the backdoor stacking probably enough because uh, people force their stacks early. Right, you, you, everybody, and I do think in general you would rather have your stacks with like the wide receiver one or or tight end one, like with Kelsey or something like that. But it doesn't. The draft doesn't always work that way, right? Like if you draft if you draft AJ Brown and you don't get Jalen Hurts, like guess what? You're not going to have the Eagles stack, but that's okay. You can find ways to do it that are really smart, and they might be under owned.
1: Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for this DraftKings draft here at Spike Week. What I want for everyone to do is go to the comments. Give us a grade, A through F. Let us know what this team was. We like to give you guys grades. Here's a chance for you guys to give us a grade. And if you've given us a low score, tell us what we did wrong. Tell us what you would have done different on this team. Uh, Other than that, anything else from you,
0: Eric? No, uh, probably about if you just finished this video again, just dropped a, a new video with, with Pat Kareem. we got a new weekly show, legendary upside and spike week called legendary sickos where myself and Pat Kareem will break down kind of just all tons of, uh, all kinds of, uh, Pertinent things going on in best ball today. We talked about kind of how we're attacking, right? It's, May, it's the first week of May, and there's $30 million of, be- of best ball tournaments out there for us to dive into. How are we going at like what tournaments are we drafting? And then how are we approaching those drafts, uh particularly before the schedule, after the schedule, right? And some of our favorite picks. So we really dove into what we're doing here in the early part of draft season. So I would go check that out.
1: Yep. And I actually have that loaded up and ready to listen to when I go walk the dog in a little bit. So I'm looking forward to that. But for myself, for Eric Bimefor, we will catch you next time. Peace. Those were some spicy takes. Want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're going to have over here at Spike Week? Why don't you press that subscribe button below. You turn notifications on, we draft a team. Boom, you know about it. We have another spicy take boom you know about it you can be there you can draft with us you want to stay up to date that's how you do it all right we'll catch you later next time here at spike week